are here. I'm Jacqueline Cohen, and we're thrilled to have you join us today, where we will uh, support communities, families, individuals that are dealing with chronic illness, symptoms of COVID, and especially long haulers that seem to be still dealing with post-symptoms of having COVID-19. Today, we are very fortunate to have a guest from Los Angeles, California, Mara Weinstein, who is a singer-songwriter and a photographer in L.A. And Mara has an amazing story. We're very excited to have her here today. Hi, Mara. Hello. How are you? Hi, Mara. Hi. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Good to meet you, virtually. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to We're Here for the Long Haul. And Mara, we want to get right to it. Can you please tell us the story of you and your first symptoms and what was going on with you physically and emotionally when all of this began? Yeah, of course. Well, um, it's a little bit of an interesting story. And every time I tell it, I, it's, it's a little bit hard because I'm still learning as I go along. Um, so pretty much I was, um, I didn't have any symptoms for COVID and when I got tested, it was negative. So I thought everything was fine. Um, but you know, I guess pretty much what started for me, uh, maybe four months ago, um, I mean, four months ago, I think I must have been sick. But what happened to me about a month and a half ago was I noticed that um, all my smell and taste was really distorted in the fact that I I actually thought I was pregnant or something because I was so nauseous. And um, I was calling my mom and I was so scared. But... I was very busy with work, so I was kind of ignoring everything. Um, and I think as somebody, I, as Jackie knows, I love to eat. I, I've never been picky. There's nothing I won't eat. I've always been sensitive to smell, but I, I'd eat everything. And I noticed that I'd have, like, my favorite food, like my daily breakfast or whatever, and it tasted um, almost like rotting, like very, um, like, so if I had like a piece of fruit, it tasted like it was rotting or something. And if I had um, something sweet, it tasted very metallic or almost like gasoline. It's the best way I can describe it, mm. um, which was really weird and, and traumatizing. Like even, you know, just using my body wash or my perfume or I'd walk into a room and it was like, um, it, it, it would, it would give me a headache or I would feel sick. And I was like very, I was very confused until I went on Twitter one day and I saw one of my friends, she said, has anybody else experienced post COVID symptoms of, uh, a burning sort of rotting smell and taste? Uh, am I the only one? And I, called her and I was freaking out and I was like me too I I have the same thing I can't believe that you you've said this I felt like I was going crazy and um we did some research and we found out that this is a 
um, a side effect that some people experienced called parosmia, mm-hmm. I think. Yes, right? parosmia. Yeah. Um, and then there was like a viral TikTok and this young girl went on and explained the exact same symptoms um, and posted about a support group of other people that have this. And, and it's not just with COVID patients, it's with with a lot of people. And it, I've learned that there's so many people that have this, you know, if, if it was from head trauma or Parkinson's, et cetera, a lot of people um, have distorted smell and taste, some people forever. And what I've been told is that in my case, this should build, rebuild itself and I, and I could be normal again, up maybe in two years, maybe less. But that's where I'm at. Um, I was, I think the issue is um, that with the bad smells and tastes, you really get a lack of dopamine. So it could trigger a lot of depression and during all this time, with lockdowns and uncertainty, those rates are already higher. So I think it's important to let people know if they feel this way to join a group and talk about it with other people so they don't feel like they're going crazy or something. Yeah. I And I thank God you started joining these forums and these groups. Can you tell Dr. Kumar and I how many people out there are actually dealing with parosmia that you found in your search? Um, over a thousand in each group, which is growing. Um, and, and the issue is that, um, that this group is not just parosmia, um, anosmia, I believe would be the opposite. Um, some people never gain back their smell or taste. So that's the other thing, which by the way, for the record, I never lost mine. I, I was, I had no symptoms, so I never lost your sense of smell. I never lost my sense of smell or taste. Um, so, you know, the, the annoying thing that I kept seeing on these videos where girls, this girl was like, hi, I have this very strange smell or taste. And everybody was like, one, they were like, you're pregnant. Or two, they were saying, well, you just lost it and now you're gaining it back. So you're just probably confused. Mm, yeah. And that was really frustrating to hear because it's a very, like, you'd eat your favorite food and you have to spit it out. It's not like oh, I can taste again. It's almost like you can, it's, you can almost like taste so hypersensitive. Like if I ate fast food, I could taste like dirty grease. Ugh. It's like everything gets heightened. Right. So, so interesting that, that you never lost your um, sense of, smell um because theoretically it's that the the nerves are damaged and then in the growing back those symptoms occur but it sounds like that's not always the case or that you don't have to lose your sense of smell completely to have neural damage did we lose mara maybe i think we did yeah she left do i have to reinvite her Yes. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll reconnect her. Thank God for, Oh, can I invite anyone? Yes, I can. I'll try again. Um, it says connected on my thing, but it says connected she... on mine. 
I'll try again. Now she's off. I'm, I'm sending her another invite. I would love to find out if she has antibodies too. Can we find that out? Yeah, I know. No, I know. I was gonna. I was thinking about that. Okay, let's see if that worked. I just added her. Uh, hold on. Try again. And this also affects. I mean, she's a young woman. She's out there dating. Her social life's affected, and it's completely isolating. I would love to get to that because I think that that's a huge factor for long haulers, too. Their life becomes so isolated. Yep. What's happening? Why isn't it connecting? Is she trying to connect in? I think so. Okay, you're back. Hello. I have no idea what happened. I don't know either. <laughs> that was really weird, but you're back. Okay, hopefully. Okay, I'm back. So Nina was mentioning, um, Nina, you want to share with her some of the neurological components to this? Go ahead, Nina. Well, no, I, I think I was sort of just picking up on what you were saying, Mara, which was that you never lost your sense of smell, um, which theoretically this syndrome you have now is, is connected to, uh, to nerve regrowth, right? right. So it, so what is your understanding? Is it that maybe some of the nerves did die, but not enough that you would have lost your sense of smell or, or do you have any idea about um, why? I, I did some research. I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it olfactory nerves? Yeah. Olfactory nerves. So that's what needs to rebuild itself. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess I'm unsure. I don't know why I didn't lose it. Likewise to why, some people are, have symptoms and, you know, some people die and some people are, especially young kids are asymptomatic and then for this all to turn around and have such a, you know, intense. And I think part of it could have been I was, I was feeling really stressed at the time uh, with other things mm-hmm. um, that I wasn't even focusing on it, on my health at all, so... Maybe I was having symptoms and just didn't realize. Mm-hmm. So did you ever test and see if you have the antibodies to the virus? That's something that I've, I've, I need to do. Um, but my friend who I initially, initially had this same symptom thing, um, she tested negative, which was very strange. But I posted in my group, like, my questions I had, and I asked everyone, did you have positive antibodies? And almost everyone said yes. Um, Interesting. So I think another um, issue with all this going on with for data and just, you know, is that there's false negatives, right? Yes. And it's hard time. It's a hard time to get tested sometimes, especially in the peak of this all. Like I remember initially trying to get tested and I signed up and I waited three and a half hours in, in a line and had to head back, you know, and I had a really hard time getting tested at all. So I think because I'm in L.A., it's at, at the peak of it all was very difficult. But I think that's better now for that. Um, yeah. And I know some people who tested positive for the virus and negative for the yeah, me too. So me too. Who knows? Um, and you haven't had any other uh, sort of 
symptoms along with this uh i guess there was a time um when i was feeling a bit under the weather and i remember staying home and canceling some work at that time but um nothing yeah there was nothing horrific i remember feeling a little bit off and now looking back that probably was it um but nothing that was like loss of uh, shortness of breath or except like I, I didn't have any of those symptoms that they stated how is this this yeah oh, and you don't have any I was just gonna say you don't have the fatigue now the the long haul <laughs> I've always been fatigued fatigue. <laughs> I, I don't I'm the most <laughs> person in the world I don't know I I I have um yeah I I've always been fatigued I I don't know the difference. I wouldn't know if I wasn't because I, you know, that's just who I am as a personality trait. You appreciate your sleep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but something that you shared with me briefly before the podcast was that you found your safe foods during this. Can you share with us that? Yeah, what sure. that was like. It was so weird. I, I feel like I'm almost in like a mommy and me group on this. Um, because I'll, I'll be like, Hey guys, like, um, I found a safe food like the other day. So recently when this first all happened, like the only thing I could eat was like, was, um, carbs and dairy, which are two things that I've almost completely cut out of my diet, which is hard because I've had fluctuating weight my whole life. And I finally found that carbs and dairy do make me fatigued. So I, before all this, cut it out a bit, especially dairy. Um, carbs is good, for, you know, for energy, just not overdoing the artificial stuff. And I found that after all this happened, I could have carbs and dairy and, and, and it tastes fine, like completely fine. Mm-hmm. So I was eating a lot of hmm. that, which was really tough on me because I cut it out. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> and, you didn't feel that great. No, I didn't. And I was eating lots of like plain pasta. I found some like, you know, just like pasta dishes and bagels and cream cheese and stuff. And that's not, that's not an everyday thing. And I was really upset because I was just not excited to eat. Eating was just a scary thing. Um, but I found like the other day I could have like Thai vegan curry and I was so excited I was I posted in this group I I literally had tears in my eyes I was like I can have yellow curry (laughs) and my roommate's like what like very hard to explain and then you have to sit and explain why you know thank god we're in a lockdown because just sitting and socially ordering food is a nightmare because I'll never know what smells gonna make me sick and yeah what's it like to go out on a date Uh, yeah I don't know um but I'm sure it was I mean you know it's it's like right now I feel um at first I was a bit negative about it all I didn't want to try new things because it's a bit discouraging to try something you've liked your whole life as a comfort food or something that gets you you know like um for instance like coffee taste bad um not horrible but not great and most hot foods don't taste great I've noticed that if I let it cool down I can eat it because it's less fragrant 
yeah. so that's that's a trick I learned that in my group um I'm pretty much vegetarian at this point some chicken's fine but red meat is just not great and um really cautious about like what oils cooked in the food so I've noticed like avocado oil or like just better olive oil is fine but anything like canola oil really bad I can taste it really bad um sweet stuff like artificial sweet is just as bad makes you feel sick it's not even the make you feel sick it's like the way I can describe it is like my favorite snack after work would be like cucumber with lemon and like hummus or something right that's Mm -hmm. like a very refreshing tasting thing and it is the most nauseous like I I feel so sick from smelling cucumber it almost smells like it hits you in the face like fake perfume but also just rotten it's just horrible and it's a lot of health foods too so (laughs) yeah um I've been trying I've found some foods like mushrooms work which I which is great um mushrooms work for you yeah, but cooked and then cold. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Do you and and it, do you think that your palate, your ability to tolerate, or you know that your palate has expanded through the last few weeks after? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll know so if I can eat it right away by the smell. If it smells bad, then I know I can't. And sometimes, sometimes I'm so hungry that I just eat it anyways, which is really shitty. Sorry. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I've learned, I've learned to just sort of, um, so, so, um, I'm lucky enough to have a mother who's a psychiatrist and I've, and my friend who had the same thing as me went to like, um, to a holistic doctor who told her to fast. And my mom told me that the worst thing I could do right now is to fast Mm -hmm. because I need to slowly retrain my brain to, you know, every day trying a little bit more, trying a little bit more. And it's, you have to be patient with yourself. And um, I hope that no one tries to starve themselves even more, which is crazy because I find myself having a hard time eating to begin with. Yeah. Did you lose weight? You know what? I've, I've been fluctuating so much anyways. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I did find myself a bit bloated because of the carbs and dairy. My body, My body doesn't handle dairy most bodies don't so like having to eat more like dairy and and pasta and bread probably didn't help but I only eat like one meal a day or two wow I I, I don't know if you want to share this but I'm just wondering emotionally after dealing with this for a few months what does it start to do to you and you're your personal life and how you're socializing? Um, I would say the first two weeks I was confused and a bit weirded out. Once I got clarity of what it was and I saw that some people had it forever or it took two years, I was depressed. Mm -hmm. And then randomly I looked at it as, well, I'm not in pain. I'm fine. I'm mobile. Like I'm, I have almost all my health, so, you know, it's not the end of the world, and I can, it's almost, and I'm almost to the point where it's almost kind of funny, like, we can make jokes about it at this point, Mm 
You mean with people that have it or just people in general? It's okay. Like it's, it's not, to me, it really isn't that big of a deal. It's just, I guess when I'm very hungry and I want something and I eat something and it, and I can't, and I'm scrambling and at the, you know, I hate having to waste food. I guess that's when it's frustrating the most. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, and also when I find something that works, I guess, um, then I'm eating it all the time and, and then I get sick of it. So I guess there's parts of it where it makes you feel like you're going through the motions and eating is not an enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be like mindful when you're eating. Um, you just sort of eat to go through the day. But as of right now, I'm not as um, sad about it. I'm just trying to inform myself and can you get back. Can you share with uh our audience, some of the support groups and resources that you've found throughout this journey? Yeah. Um, well, if I, if I, I, I don't want to click out of this. No, don't click out. Do you, what were you, you were involved in a Facebook group, right? Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure I remember it was like absent, not absent. Was that one of them? No, I think there's one that starts with anosmia slash parasma COVID support group uh-huh i'm in two that's one of them um i'm sure if you type in parosmia support group slash anosmia i don't know if i'm saying that correctly okay can i look it up yes send it to you guys sure so you guys we'd love to hear about that yeah i think it'd be really great because everyone in there either has had this for years with you know through other reasons and they and they're very that i was um informed about everything through the people in this group when I initially went to a doctor and he goes well I don't know anything about this like we are like are you sure you're not pregnant are you sure you're you know they were asking their own I mean the right question did you have head trauma or whatever right I don't know they just they didn't know they said well that's so interesting we haven't heard about this and I'm sure by now there's got to be. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think I know the support group here. It's the parosmia phantasmia support group. And guess what? There are almost 3000 members already. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And then there's growing. It is growing. And then there's also absent. It's amazing, but still, so I I feel bad. Why? Because Um, other people, I don't know. But you know what? We have to figure out how to decode all of these symptoms. And long haulers all over the globe are dealing with symptoms that chronically ill people have been dealing with. Right. Autonomic illnesses, POTS, like Katie has. Right. Right. And I, what it's doing is it's, it's bringing to the forefront syndromes, diseases, illnesses that aren't spoken of and historically aren't spoken of. And I feel like that's, you know, some people in this group are like, hey, I've had this for five years now. Um, I'm glad it's finally getting some recognition um, because now now a lot of people have it. And um, now everyone's um, asking questions. And and it's a bit discouraging. I feel like the people that might have it forever versus the people that might recover it have been so helpful. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, you know, that in these groups there's there's moms still cooking for their kids and having to smell everything and there's just like you read about every everybody's situation and um you know i'm glad you know i i'm pretty much i have the means to try different foods and have health supplements and vitamins and there's people that you know 
are paycheck to paycheck trying to figure out what they can eat. And like, I feel like the more support and the more research we do, I think um, it's go it's growing rapidly, but um, it's good to know that I think everyone that has it should know that there's other people. Cause I remember the first few weeks I felt insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how did it feel? Cause you're so young and I always feel like when young people get chronic um, illnesses, which I think in this case would, you know, at six months, it would be considered chronic probably with this. Um, was this difficult for you? Like, was this the first time you've had like a health? Kind of um, I, I guess so. I mean, I remember junior year of high school. I think Jackie remembers this, um, you know, during this very stressful time of SAT, all that. I remember I had um, like, um, what's it called? What's it called, Jackie? Uh, what, what were the symptoms? No, no, no. Um, mono. And, oh, mono, and had, chronic fatigue syndrome. No, I had what's it called? Epstein Barr. No. Why am I blanking? Mononucleosis. You did have mono. It's when you get it when you're cold. When you go outside in the cold. Oh, Raynaud's Raynaud's syndrome. No, no. Why? Cold. It's very, it's very common. I'm just blanking. Okay. Um. It starts with a P. I think. Why am I thinking? Is it circulatory? No, it's no. like very common when you. Um, I don't know. I forget now. I'm it's sorry. amazing that you had mono, which is another <laughs> virus. And now, more than ever, Nina, you probably see this also in literature. Post viral conditions are talked about, written about, and there's YouTubes about them where years ago it wasn't mentioned. But post-infectious diseases can be just as debilitating as the original disease itself or condition itself. Right. I definitely had uh, a fatigue. Anyways, I had mono and some other, like, just, it wasn't that serious. But, like, um, I was, it all happened when I was, like, the most busy, um, but also extremely fatigued. So I had the most on my plate, but very tired. And I think ever since then, I've been a bit fatigued. However, I've been really lucky to have good health. Um, I've never had, you know, anything else. And, and I still look at myself as someone with good health. Um, just a bit more frustrating now. <laughs> you have good health. You just have this, like, leftover um, post-viral issue, yeah. um, which, you know, I mean, I'm sure will we'll resolve, but... It, there's some uncertainty in how long it takes right. um, and whether it will. And um, that's the hardest part, especially for yeah. young people, I think is the question, will this last forever? And if, and if not, how long? And I think the best thing to do is, is to, to know that if you, you know, I feel like a, a lot of this is um, very mental, a lot of smell and tastes. So if you can just sort of, um, cope, get to the point where you can cope and train yourself to just try a little bit more every day. Mm -hmm. it's, it's discouraging sometimes, but if you could try to have a good attitude and it's nice when you find some foods that you can eat, um, have a good attitude. And I, I think with that, you could, uh, I can see myself 
getting better maybe before two years, hopefully. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I, I bet mm -hmm. you will. I, I mean, there's so many great strategies. They did talk about the smell training, reintroducing right. things slowly. People were talking about scent therapy, mm -hmm. which I haven't done yet, um, you know, with oils. And I've been taking tons of vitamins. <laughs> I have a charcuterie board of vitamins outside <laughs> <laughs> and that's just every single thing I don't which I think at one point when you take too many it's you know um a bit redundant but um I hear that people like zinc helps and mm -hmm. I, I take I don't know maybe I could do some more research on what vitamins is essential D I've heard D, D, is, D is very helpful oh my god okay. it's so good for your immune system it strengthens it vitamin A is great it, that supports the body's ability to fight infection probably be great for you selenium's great raw honey do you use honey and okay you probably don't like the smell of that <laughs> honestly uh honey I've noticed isn't so bad it's more of the artificial sweeteners but then again some natural sweeteners too that are bad but the honey is not horrible so what like manuka honey or something nuka honey is terrific it's so good, but also it's an antioxidant. I, I mean, I don't know how you two feel about this, but I, I definitely overload on my vitamin C every day. And yeah, I, I have vitamin C, good fish oil, and I think I have vitamin D. Yeah. And I mean, you're. It sounds like you. I mean, you do everything you can, and then it's sort of, um, which is what I hear in your voice, Mara. Is like it. it it's then a leap of faith, you know, like I, I have faith that eventually I will either, you know, fully recover or come to terms with this in some way. Right. However it is. Have you smelled those oils like eucalyptus or lavender or any of those? Yeah, I have one near my bed. Um, lavender is a bit sweet, but eucalyptus isn't so, isn't so bad. I, I noticed this is, you know, what's interesting when we all were posting things that work for us some people would be like um i can have peanut butter and that's fine and other people are like well peanut butter is my worst you know the biggest change i can't eat that so for me like i can have like a, a minty peppermint smelling body washer oil and i'm fine but other people are like mint is horrible i you know what's horrible is i didn't have this but most people in this group noticed initially that their toothpaste tasted weird and that's how they knew my toothpaste tastes fine because mint tastes fine to me but a lot of people can't have a hard time brushing their teeth mm. and um and i and i've changed all of my stuff to natural deodorant which is better for you um natural like a very neutral smelling perfume and i think a lot of people in this group are talking about them having a hard time knowing if they hygienically smell okay because they can't smell themselves correctly mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um i've been okay with that because i'm just in a routine where i do everything but with my uh neutral smelling stuff which smells fine to me you know like um not intense artificial you know, fragrances and I, and I, I'm, I'm okay. Other people, I think having, uh, all our palettes are different. So there's no one, you know, foundation for everyone's a little bit different. I just really appreciate it because for people that don't know this, there is a social and mental and physiological impact that this has that long haulers deal with 
with people with parosmia are dealing with, but you don't have to suffer alone. You can get support from forums, uh, from friends, from your mother that's a doctor, whoever it is. But you see that talking about it helped you a lot, Mara, right? It pulled you out of that place of, oh, my God, am I going crazy? What's wrong with me? Yeah, um, I was telling it to friends and everyone was like, yeah, we hear you. But I, I do feel like people don't know about it. So they don't roll their eyes, but they're just like, that's that's interesting. You, you know, like, yeah, it was they a can't hard relate. Time. Um, they can't. Relate, yeah. No. And it's like no one no one shunned me. But, you know, if I got another are you pregnant thing, I was like, all right, no, I'm not. <laughs> um. I think the reason why people said that is because I, the, my first symptom was being a bit nauseous because everything, all the smells made me nauseous. Now I'm not that nauseous, but at first that was like the one word I kept saying. So of course that's why people said that. Um, and then I was so hungry because I couldn't eat anything really that I was craving food. So my words were like, I'm craving food, but I'm nauseous. So everyone, of course, but um, now I'm, I'm not, craving food I'm not nauseous I'm 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 in more of a routine because I know what I can eat I think it's hard to venture you know mm -hmm. try something new is always why would I order food new when I know that I can eat x why would I try y because it's what if I don't like that and then I waste my money so I'm often getting the same food all the time if I find something that works I'm ordering it or I'm making it every day which then you get sick of it. So that's a bit, that's true. That's hard. Well, we're impressed by your resilience and your positivity because it's a really important part yeah. of healing. I was going to just ask, I don't know if you've had enough time to reflect because you're kind of still in the middle of it. Um, but, and I don't mean like that there's anything, you know, necessarily positive about Krasnia, but do you feel like this experience of, you know, having this symptom, um, you know, seeking help, connecting to other people, um, do you feel like it has had any positive impact on your life or changed the way you think about your life, your world, the people around you? I mean, um, okay, I would say a few things. I would say one, maybe, you know, switching to natural things as simple as deodorant is good for you. Or like, I wish it was that I was eating healthier. So I, I guess no, I, I don't think it's better for me. But um, it made me appreciate little things when it comes to like finding something I can eat. And I'm like, wow, oh my God, I can eat that. That's exciting. Which before you know, I would never think that way because before this I could eat anything and I never had to think about this. But I guess um, no matter what I have, there's other people that have had this anyways. So I'm glad that, you know, if I'm able to help other people with it, that's positive. But no, there's not too much that comes from this that are, there's not many silver linings, but um, I, I think the way I think of it is that it could be worse. There's people that die from, from, or people that have, um, chronic pain and I don't have any of that. So if anything, it's more of a very frustrating thing mm -hmm. than horrific. I think it's, it's a weird, it's, it's still gaining research. Um, 
at times extremely discouraging and could trigger depression. But other than that, as of where I'm at right now, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we know you're going to recover, Mara. We can feel it, and you'll improve every day. And I like how you said, I'm sure in a year this is going to be behind me. But for those of you out there that are just tuning in, we are happy to introduce again Mara Weinstein. Thank you for joining us. Today we were educated and informed about parosmia, which seems to be a growing condition post-COVID. And Mara shared some intimate details of what it's like to eat and not like the taste because of acrid, horrible smells and odors that come from it. But thank you for sharing everything, Mara. We hope you can join us again on our podcast. Nina? Thanks for having me. Mara, stay strong. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Take care, Mara. We love you. I love you too. Ciao. Thanks, Mara. We'll talk later. Okay.